Welcome to the When I Am Weak podcast. My name is Bethany Sloan and I am your host. So I had um, a plan tonight to do a podcast on obedience, uh, but then our power went out. And so um, it is very dark in my house and my kids are a little scared and it's also ironically just like a few days before Halloween and it's really creepy. Um, so it's very fitting, but, um, I am still going to do this podcast on obedience. So stick with me here. Um, so about a week ago, I went to a ladies worship night. I was running a few minutes late So when I got there, I didn't have time to find a friend or someone that I knew to sit next to. I ended up sitting in a row of chairs that was fairly empty with just one lady sitting two seats to my left. After the first few songs, a few more ladies came and sat in our row of chairs, but I didn't know a single person in my row. Being the introvert that I am, I started to feel uncomfortable sitting in a row of complete strangers and was beginning to wonder if I should have just stayed home. But as the worship night progressed, I found myself inspired by the music and the speakers as I felt my heart connect with God's. During a discussion time, I discovered that the lady sitting to my left was actually homeschooling her kids through the same charter school that I was. We talked about parenting, homeschooling, and our relationship with God. We started to really connect. Soon the lights dimmed and the music started back up. I stood to sing along, but when I looked over my shoulder, I noticed my new friend still sitting in her seat, hunched over with her hands over her face. It appeared that she was crying. I turned to face the band awkwardly, but as I did so, I heard God's voice loud and clear in my head telling me to sit back down next to my new friend who was obviously crying at this point. I looked around the room to see if anyone else noticed her crying or if anyone else was coming to help her. I then heard God's voice more sternly tell me to sit down next to her and put my hand on her. I slowly, very hesitantly sat down next to her, put my hand on her back and did the whole tap, tap, tap for like five seconds and then quickly retreated my hand back into my lap. (laughs) I then heard God tell me to pray for her, but instead of praying out loud over her with her, I just began to quietly pray in my head as I remained seated next to her for the remainder of the worship time. At the end of the night, I asked my new friend for her cell phone number and told her that I would be praying for her. On my way home, I felt disappointed and like a total failure. I thought, I should, have, I should have obeyed God. I should have obeyed God fully, but I didn't. I, I only did it halfway. There was a woman in need of a friend, and I heard God's voice telling me to be that friend, 
to love this person who needed love in this moment, but I hesitated. I was too scared that I might make her feel uncomfortable. So instead of placing my hand on her and praying over her out loud, I flaked. I did the bare minimum. The next morning, I texted my friend a prayer to try and make up for my lack of help the night before. And I wanted her to know that I really was praying for her and that I really did care. A few hours later, I received this response from my friend. She said, last night I was praying that God would have someone see me. So I appreciate that you listened to his guidance. Thank you for your gentle and for your gentle hand and listening ear. In that moment, all I could think was, wow, God, I didn't obey fully. And yet God still used me in my weakness to bless somebody else. If I hadn't arrived late, then I probably would have sat next to someone that I knew I wouldn't Um, I wouldn't have sat next to a stranger. I would have found someone else to sit next to. But God used my tardiness. And even though I wasn't as brave as I could have been, God still used the little effort that I brought to bless another person. Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness in making up where I lack and filling in the gaps. God is so good. God was faithful even in my weak obedience, but I still wonder what would have happened if I had obeyed fully. God wanted me to be a helping hand for someone in need. He wanted me to literally love my neighbor as myself. But instead of obeying right away, I searched the room to see if someone else would do it first. Have you ever been there? Has God ever asked you to do something and And instead of obeying right away, maybe you hesitated or just didn't do it. I'm constantly talking to my own children about this, telling them that they need to obey the first time I tell them, rather than waiting till the fourth or fifth or sixth time I tell them to do something. My child's hesitation to obey drives me nuts. (laughs) I strongly dislike repeating myself over and over And over again when telling my children to do something. Yet how often do we do this with God? I even have a child who will argue with me on why he doesn't think he should have to do what I am telling him to do. This makes me angry and frustrated as a parent. And yet how often do I argue with God? In case you're wondering... I do argue with God many times. I'll say things like, if I do this, God, then that person will get mad at me. Or if I do that, then other people will feel uncomfortable. I argue with God when God asks me to do something. And most of the time, my, my argument has something to do with my own fear of what other people think. Specifically of what other people think about me. But what would it look like to fully obey God without hesitation, without the arguments? 
perhaps I would witness God's glory and power more abundantly as I keep in step with him without hesitation. So what does the Bible say about obedience to God? Let's take a look. Jeremiah 7, 23 through 24 says, but this is what I command them saying, obey my voice and I will be your God and you will be my people and you shall walk entirely in the way which I command you so that it may go well for you. Yet they did not obey or incline their ear, but walked their own but walked by their own advice and in the stubbornness of their evil hearts. And they went backward and not forward. This um, verse in Jeremiah 7 is referring to the Israelites when God brought them out of the land of Egypt. But it applies to us also as followers of Christ and children of God. I love how God says here to obey his voice. When we obey the voice of God, we are walking forward But when we decide to do our own thing and ignore the voice of God, we are walking backward. He says, obey my voice and I will be your God and you will be my people. In 1 Samuel 15, 22, it says, And Samuel said, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. Jesus says in John 15, 10, when you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my father's commandments and remain in his love. And James 1, says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, do what it says. That one's hard for me. It is easy for me to listen. I can be a great listener. I can read God's word and listen to his voice, but actually doing what God tells me to do, now that's another story. I don't know if you are familiar with the Enneagram personality tests, but I am, and I am a type nine personality. A type nine personality is one who loves peace, but struggles with being lazy. The word used for a type nine's weakness is literally sloth. (laughs) Like what you see on the Disney movie Zootopia with the sloths. Yep, that's me. I struggle with being lazy and slow and I hate that about myself because I care maybe a little too much about how other people see me and what other people think. And I don't want other people to see me as lazy or slow or as a sloth. And yet when it comes time to move, I struggle to do so. I would rather watch other people do the work that God is asking me to do than actively do it myself. However, when I choose not to act on what God is telling me to telling me to do, when I choose not to obey and serve, I miss out. We have opportunities every single day to not just witness God's power and glory, but to experience it as we partake in the work, becoming co-workers with Christ. There is a difference between witnessing God's power and experiencing God's power. 
we can witness God's power when we listen to a sermon or when even when we're observing um, other people worshiping or other people serving. Um, but we don't really experience God's power until we are the ones serving, until we are the ones worshiping, until we are the ones obeying. There's a difference, again, there's a difference between witnessing God's power and experiencing it for yourself. 1 Corinthians 3, 9 says, For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. Ephesians 5, 15 through 17 says, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. We need to listen to God's word, but then make the most of every opportunity and do what he says. This does not come natural to me. It is a constant struggle, but that doesn't mean I should just give up. At the beginning of this year, uh, 2022, in January, I prayed and asked God to give me a word for the year. And the word he gave me was, obey. I want you to obey. And as we near the end of 2022, um, I realize it's October, but you know, uh, we got two months left really. So as we're ending, um, or near, as we're near the end of 2022, I'm realizing that I, I didn't do the whole obeying God well this year. Um, I don't, I don't think I obeyed God well, but maybe God didn't give me that word with the expectation that I would be perfect or even good at obeying him this year. Maybe God gave me the word obey, knowing that I would fail at this very thing over and over again. And, but maybe in in the failure, I would or do have an opportunity to learn and understand why it is so important to obey God. Just like my children learn through their failure, I too am learning through mine, or at least I'm trying. <laughs> I'm learning not only that ignoring God's voice causes me to miss out on opportunities, but that it can also hurt others. God doesn't just give us direction on what to do. He also warns us what not to do. And when I ignore his voice, warning me not to do this or say that, I end up hurting the very ones I love and causing more conflict than I ever wanted to do. I hate conflict. Another, um, Part of being an Enneagram uh, type nine is that type nines hate conflict and they will try to avoid it at all costs. And that is me. I try to avoid, for the most part, I try to avoid conflict at all costs. But sometimes the act of avoiding conflict gets me into more trouble than, um, 
than the trouble that I had in the first place. So it can be hard to discern when to avoid conflict and when to face it. There's times when it is good to avoid conflict and there's times when it's not good to avoid conflict. But that's exactly why we need to rely on the Holy Spirit um, to guide us and to and that's why we need to listen to God's voice um, so that we can have discernment for that. There was a prophet named Jonah who also had a problem with facing conflict. So I'm going to read Jonah chapter 1. It says, The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amite. I'm not saying that right. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid, and each cried out to his own God, and they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah had gone below deck, where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. The captain went to him and said, How can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us so that we will not perish. Then the sailors said to each other, Come, let us cast lots to find out who is responsible for this calamity. They cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. So they asked him, Tell us who is responsible for making all this trouble for us. What kind of work do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? He answered, I am a Hebrew and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. This terrified them and they asked, what have you done? They knew he was running away from the Lord because he had already told them so. The sea was getting rougher and rougher. So they asked him, what should we do to you to make the sea calm down for us? He said, pick me up and throw me into the sea and it will become calm. I know that it is my fault and that this great storm has come. Oh, I know that it is my, it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. Instead, the men did their best to throw back, oh, to row back to land, but they could not for the sea grew even wilder than before. Then they cried out to the Lord, Please, Lord, do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man, for you, Lord, have done as you pleased. Then they took Jonah and threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. At this the men greatly feared the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. Now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of a fish, three days and three nights. So God told Jonah to go to Nineveh and preach against the wickedness there, but he was too afraid of the conflict that most likely would arise from doing so. I can relate to Jonah here. Can you? (laughs) 
I don't know if I would be brave enough to obey God in this situation, honestly. It's one thing to talk to one single person I don't know, but to preach to a whole city and tell them their ways are wicked, that's a whole nother thing. Despite Jonah's fear of conflict and disobedience, God still made his will and his plan happen because nothing can stop our God. I challenge you to read the rest of the book of Jonah and discover for yourself how how God still used Jonah even in his weakness. We see the opposite of disobedience in the life of Noah in Genesis chapter 6. I don't have time to read the whole story to you, but if you look at Genesis chapter 6, you will see that God tells Noah to build an ark because the world has become wicked, just like God talked to Jonah about um, Nineveh, Um, right? Let me see. Uh, Yes. It was Nineveh. Um, So just like God talked to Jonah about going to Nineveh because Nineveh was wicked, God talked to Noah and told Noah to build an ark because the whole world was wicked. So wickedness, um, we see the theme of wickedness in both stories, of both the story of Jonah and in Noah. Um, But the difference was that Noah obeyed. So God tells Noah to build an ark because the world has become wicked and God was going to flood the earth and start fresh with Noah and his family. We read in Hebrews eleven seven, by faith, Noah being warned by God concerning events yet unseen in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this, he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. Noah did what Jonah could not. Noah obeyed. He obeyed God's voice without questioning God, without hesitation and without fear of what others may think of him in the process. Jonah did not do that. Oh, to be like Noah and have that kind of faith. I want to be like Noah I want to boldly obey God like Noah, but often find myself making Jonah decisions. Can you relate? I challenge you to read about the life of Noah in Genesis chapter 6 through 9. You may find yourself in awe of the kind of faith that man had. I'm sure he had so many people mocking him for his faith and he didn't care he continued to obey God no matter how crazy it looked I still have a lot to learn and even more to practice when it comes to obeying the voice of God but despite my many failures I will continue to try knowing that even though I am weak God is still so strong I want to challenge you with the same thing. Even though you are weak, God is strong. And God is patient and waiting for us to obey. I hope this was encouraging and inspiring for you. Have a great week.